Well, bless the Lord. So delighted to be with you. Thank you, Brother John, for giving me this invitation, this opportunity to preach to a people I love so much. The longest pastor I've ever had right here, Alpine Baptist. And yes, we changed that name, but and some people are still mad at me, but they love me anyway. But uh, I just couldn't stand the thought of being a dead church, and that's what a Sardis church means. <laughs> but we're, you've come alive. God has blessed you, dear folks, and we're so honored. Thank you, Brother Bandon family. We appreciate you guys. I remember uh, when Bandon, Brandon started with these little boys, young, when they were just young, teaching them, Father leading the way. And uh, you've blessed our hearts. We're so grateful for each and every one of you. And I can't tell you what a delight it is just to look out here and see familiar faces, people we love and who have loved us. I think I was thinking about, I was so glad you shared that history about this church. And every time I think about it, I think of, of those four women, those four women that stayed faithful and God blessed. And think from those four, God kept this church going, and God used people like that. And thank you for all those good pastors, yes. But I, there's an old saying, behind every good man, there's a good woman. But I want to tell you, behind every good church, there's some good godly people. Every, good, every pastor, there stands behind every pastor godly people that encourage and pray for the pastor and encourage him. So thank you, dear, dear folks, and thank you all for being here today. And welcome, everybody. It's great to see all of you and to celebrate 128 years of ministry of this great church and to reflect upon and rejoice in all the good things that God has done through this body. Souls have been saved, lives have been changed, and, and people, I, I think about this, that all the Sunday's people that were led to to teach the gospel of Jesus Christ, still doing that. Those that have been called to full-time ministry, pastoring churches all over the country, missionaries on mission fields, a church that had a vision and believed in missions and supported missions, and above all, to carry out the Great Commission and give glory to God. So we thank God for that. And it's so wonderful to reflect upon the past. That just blessed my heart as Jared read about the history of this church and the great things that God has done. And it's all to the glory of God. But I want to say this and understand me. We need to be careful not to dwell on the past and bask in the good old days. I have, you know, we bore the good old days and that's wonderful, and they were good, many of them, and God did some great things, but we don't need to dwell there. Like the Apostle Paul, we need to forget those things which are behind and reach forward to those things which are ahead and press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And while we can also look forward to the sweet by and by and a heavenly homecoming, it's how we live in the nasty here and now that really matters. And I want to speak to you today. This may not sound like a home-going sermon, but it's what God put on my heart. And I want to speak to you today about living in a dark world, preparing for a bright homecoming. So I don't want to sound like a doomsday prophet, but the stark reality is that we are living in perilous times, dark times, 
difficult times, dangerous times, like the end times that the Apostle Paul describes in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Listen to this. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times, that's dangerous times, will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unkindly, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such such people turn away. Now here scripture introduces us to 19 descriptions that will characterize the breakdown of society and the family in the last days. Read them for yourself. I won't elaborate on all of them, but as I, you just read those off and read them. And, and if you don't agree, see if you don't agree that if we're seeing these very characteristics unfolding before our eyes, but as dark and gloomy as it may seem, remember church, Remember, Christian, remember believers and follow Christ. We are on the winning side. We're going to bow down to the lamb and the lion. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God. God has the final say. And the gospel is triumphant. Jesus is victorious. Nothing can stop him. And no one will stall his work on this earth. But how we as Christians... Live in such times is what matters. Let me repeat that. How we as believers, Christians, live in such times is what matters. And that's why I believe the Lord would have me to speak to you about living in dark times for a bright homecoming. Listen up while I share with you three things that we can do in preparing to prepare for our heavenly homecoming in these perilous and dark times in which we live. Now, first, we need to stay alert and beware of drifting. Stay awake and beware of drifting. As I was reading through the little letter of Hebrews, well, it's not so little, but it's pretty good, but reading through the epistles, not epistle, but epistle, the letter of Hebrews recently, A phrase caught my attention. I'm sure I'd read it many times, but it just stood out. You know how sometimes when you're reading a Bible and something, the Bible and something just grab you and get your attention? And it's the second chapter, in the second chapter, in the first verse of the book of Hebrews. Listen to what it says. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. That brief phrase lest we drift away, grab my attention. I thought, Lord, that's where so many church members are today, drifting, drifting away from the Bible, drifting away from the truth, drifting away from the church, drifting away from commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ, drifting away from Jesus' values, Christian values and morals. Dr. D.A. Carson in his book, For the love of God says we drift toward compromise 
and we call it tolerance. We drift toward disobedience, and we call it freedom. We drift toward superstition and call it faith. And we drift, we cherish the indiscipline of lost self-control and call it relaxation. We slouch toward prayerlessness and delude ourselves into thinking we have escaped legalism. And we slide toward godlessness and convince ourselves we have been liberated. To sum it up, we're drifting. Are you drifting? So many are drifting, drifting away from what really matters. And it's troubling and heartbreaking to see so many church members simply drifting away. Since COVID and the, that COVID time that hit our country so hard, many churches had to close their doors because of the law and so forth. Some obeyed God rather than man. Thank God for that. But so many that had to close their doors for a long period of time, and many people left. Some of the church churches have had to close their doors because the people haven't come back. So many have had to cut back on the ministries because so many have failed to come, drifting away. And many of you are one of those many professing, maybe you're one of those professing Christians who is drifting from the Lord and his word. And you need to wake up and do so. Do as Hebrews 2.1 says. Give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard. Listen to God's word. Hear God's word. Take it in your heart. Obey. Give more earnest heed to the things we have heard. So often we come to church, well, I wonder how long the preacher's going to preach today. And uh, we worry about the time. We worry about getting home in time to eat our lunch and all this. We drift away from the real. We are not giving our heed to the word of God as we need to do. And that means to diligently apply one's mind and pay detailed attention to the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to take seriously the words of the Apostle Paul to the church at Thessalonica. Let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch, be alert, be sober, be ready. Wake up, get awake, and stay alert, Christian. Get ready for your heavenly homecoming and be ready to meet the Lord. Stay awake because before, lest you drift away. And secondly, in preparing for our heavenly homecoming in these perilous and dark days, we need to speak up and contend for the faith. We need to speak up and contend for the faith. The prophet Isaiah cried, justice is turned back, righteousness stands, and afar off, for truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter, so truth fails. Dr. David Jeremiah coming on, commenting on this says, the prophet Isaiah accurately described our generation when he wrote, truth is fallen in the streets. Almost everywhere you look, we're turning a deaf ear to the truth as we desperately seek for meaning and fulfillment in all the wrong places. And while searching for truth, we're actually running away from the truth. And meanwhile, the truth goes from taught to tolerated in the public square, from believed to banned in our public schools. As we're running away from the truth, truth is running away from us. And we're in the midst of a famine 
not a famine of bread, nor of thirst for water, but as, as of hearing the words of the Lord. As, all, as Amos says in 8.11, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for the water, but of hearing the words of God. And I want to tell you, folks, we've got some great preachers throughout the world, throughout this nation, throughout this area. And I think of all my brother pastors around here. They love the Lord. They preach the Word. They study the Word. You want to hear a good sermon on the Word of God? Come here, Brother John. He preaches the Word. But the sad truth is we're not often hearing it, absorbing it, and letting it in our hearts. God's truth would be no longer, Amos said, be no longer revealed through the prophets. And today the Bible is available nearly everywhere. But deafness and neglected Bibles still produce spiritual drought. Five, listen to this, five out of ten Christians do not believe moral truth. Four out of ten Christians, this may hit a little closer to home, Four out of ten Christians do not read the Bible. Our Bibles are being overlooked. Think about it. 42% of American Christians are too busy, too preoccupied to read the Word of God. I, I, I've talked to so many people throughout the country as I've pastored here and there. And so many I talk about, about, I talk to them about their day. How did you get this story? Well, I get up in the morning, I get my cup of coffee, and I get the newspaper, or I turn the news on, and we go through the morning like this, never turning to the Word of God. We get so busy, and then I've got to run to work, and I've got to do this. And we find ourselves neglecting the most important book in all the world, reading and meditating on the Word of God. Add to that the fact that cultures around the world are trying to minimize Bible reading. I just read where China has uh, cut off the reading, the sharing of the Word of God. They had a time where you could get on the Internet, Facebook, I think it was, whatever they have in China, and they were allowing people, the, the, the Christian church, could. that was one way they had of getting the message over, but China has shut that down. And I want to tell you, ever socially communistic country, that's one of the first things they do is shut down the Word of God. They try to. Add to that the fact that cultures all over are minimizing this. Even in these United States, steps are being taken to minimize the distribution and reading of the Bible. Bibles have been banned from our public schools and other public places. We wonder why, what happened back in the 50s when they quit allowing the Bibles to be read, prayer to be had, Christian groups to come. We wonder why our morals have decayed and gone downhill. Today in America and the West, that great group we call the Gideons are running into problems getting their Bibles into many hotel and motel rooms. A recent survey showed that the percentage of hotels and motels willing to offer Bibles in their rooms has dropped from 95% to 48%. Now hear me, folks. As you prepare for your heavenly homecoming, stand up and contend 
for the Bible, the absolute truth, the Word of God. And spend time reading the Bible, meditating on God's Word day in and day out. The Bible is a roadmap to your heavenly homecoming. It shows you the way to live as you make your way there through the free grace of God. But don't be one of the 42% of American Christians who are too busy, too preoccupied with the cares of the world to read the most precious book in all the world, the Word of God. The Apostle Paul told us to be nourished in the words of faith and of good doctrine. The psalmist saying, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And he said, I've hidden it in my heart that I might not sin against you. Dr. David Jeremiah reminds us, the Lord gave us a book containing everything we really need for life and eternity. And we need it as never before in preparing for our heavenly home. Speak up for the Bible. Contend for the truth. Don't be like some who say, I believe the, this book from cover to cover, never even read past the cover, the Holy Bible. <laughs> but I believe it. Read it, believe it, obey it, and you'll be better prepared and to speak up for it. Finally, in living in these dark times and preparing for a bright homecoming, I urge you to stand up and stay faithful in service to the Lord. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 13 and 14, the Apostle Paul exhorted believers at Corinth, watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong, let all that you do be done with love. And Paul's admonition is for us today as he exhorts Christians, live for the Lord with nothing held back. Do whatever he asks you to do with all your heart. As Colossians 3.23 says, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord, not to men, knowing from the Lord that you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Listen, church. Listen to me. This is no time for us to sit comfortably in our padded seats, hide our, in our sanctuaries while the devil's crowd promotes its lies, and pushes their immoral and abominable lifestyles on our children and mock our blessed Savior. It's time we stand up, speak up, stay faithful to our Lord, no matter what the cost. So my dear fellow Christians, watch. Stand fast in the faith. Be brave. Be strong. Let all that you do be done with love. And when you arrive at your heavenly homecoming, you'll be glad you did. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your, your faithfulness to us. But Lord, we find it ourselves sometimes drifting away, drifting away from what really matters, drifting away from the word of God and truth, drifting away from the fellowship of God's people that we so desperately need, drifting away from our great and high calling to share the gospel with everybody. And I ask in the name of Jesus that you would just grip our hearts today as we celebrate this awesome homecoming, church the, that we love so much, that has touched so many lives, 
Help us to return to those roots of spreading the gospel, dedicating ourselves to living for the glory and the service of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we pray in Jesus' name that you would send such a great movement of your spirit that will grip our hearts, set our souls afire, that we will live each day prepared or preparing for our heavenly homecoming and stand firm in the faith. In Jesus' name, amen.